Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Misty. This is I'm a Survivor. I'm glad that you decide to come in and listen. Um, very first thing, if you're in any type of danger of domestic violence or any type of violence, don't listen to the podcast. Hang up. Please put a safety plan um, into action. Dial 911. Do what you've got to do to get into a safe spot. Um, there is a domestic violence, a national domestic violence hotline number. That number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, the number to the national domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-7233. There's also a website that you can go to, domesticshelters.org. They are a sensational website that will give you all the information that you need to find a shelter near you, a program, anything that you're looking for. So I suggest to go to that website. They are great people. Um, and I know them very personally and they are wonderful. Um, today I have a special guest. His name is Ted Smith. He is a best-selling author and he is a relationship coach. And if I have his permission, we are going to record. Hi, Ted. Hi. <laughs> um, so I have your permission to record, correct? Absolutely. Cool. Um, so let's just go ahead and, you know, you and I, of course, we spoke prior to the podcast and we were talking about your, um, relationship and exactly what you actually went through. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, can you just share a little bit of it? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I was in a 15 year abusive relationship with an alcoholic narcissist. Um, we got together when I was 17, he was 22 at the time. So bit older and um i grew up in a small town so i didn't know a lot so when i grew up in the 90s and kind of early 2000s um i was very sheltered as a kid and didn't even know that gay was a thing (laughs) um and so i had a really challenging time coming out because i you know just coming to grips with my sexuality it was very different and didn't know why um and so I went through a lot of shame and self-loathing with respect to my sexuality and and developed kind of a really, really unhealthy relationship with myself. And that is ultimately what led me to um, attract uh, an unhealthy, abusive relationship with someone else. Um, And that kind of naivete and and small town mindset, not really knowing what I was doing, you know, fed into that and kind of was what hooked me into staying for so long. Um, we, in throughout the 15 years, you know, we, we certainly had good times, um, but the abuse began pretty early on. And for the longest time, I didn't realize that what was happening was even considered abuse. Um, you know, when I would hear the term emotional abuse, I would just think of a relationship where there's constant fighting, constant yelling at each other, constant, you know, one person putting the other down, name calling, things like that. Um, I didn't think about the fact that, you know, there could be good times in the relationship, which is a lot of what kept me in it for so long. Um, I didn't realize that there is a cycle of abuse where the abuser um you know there's kind of this buildup of tension between the two of you and then there's the explosion and then there's a a, kind of a reconciliation period and then it goes back to calm a peaceful period a period where you get along 
where things are good and you think that they'll continue that way and then something begins the cycle again where that tension kind of builds back up and then the cycle repeats um which i didn't realize at the time i was going through a relationship with him and so um yeah there was a lot that i didn't understand and that's part of what kept me in it for so long as well oh on top of that um he was addicted to alcohol um and again similar to my lack of understanding with respect to emotional abuse i didn't fully understand what alcoholism looked like um you know when i had a vision of an alcoholic it was somebody who was always drinking always drunk um and while he did drink every day um his body had weird ways of of reacting to alcohol um he wasn't necessarily drunk all the time but he did develop a seizure disorder um as a result of his alcohol use and that really complicated things in terms of our relationship um because while he only had a few grand mal seizures which are the the most violent seizures that you might see like on a TV show or a movie um he had a number of smaller maybe less significant episodes um throughout our time together and it got to the point towards the end of our relationship where every single night there was some sort of symptoms going on that we had to deal with for him whether it was dizziness weakness um trouble falling asleep body pains headaches memory loss just complete disorientation not even knowing where he was or who he was i mean it was pretty severe stuff um and that led to my rock bottom which was an evening where he had three grand mal seizures in one night um and i called an ambulance and got him to the hospital and he was admitted to the ICU for a week going through alcohol withdrawal um his body went into shock because it had gotten so dependent on alcohol that it couldn't go 8 hours without it mm. his body um reacted with the seizures basically as a way of saving itself um because uh, you know the doctors told me and him that if he eat like on the spectrum of alcoholism the only next step for him was death i mean that's how close he was to dying and they said if i hadn't called him on one that night he he probably would have died yeah. uh, and so that you know that week in the icu which for any i don't know if any listeners have experienced witnessing someone going through alcohol withdrawal but it's not an experience i wish on anyone mm. really just um chaotic and something you'd see in a movie or a tv show but i'm sitting there you know experiencing this for myself and just thinking like is this really my life mm. uh, and you know when it's settling in that like yes this is my life um you know I, i finally had that defining moment where it clicked for me that i i can't do this anymore like i i need help mm. it wasn't 
it wasn't the defining moment for me to leave him. I still believed that, you know, we could get him better and, and things would get better between us. Um, but it was my moment of clarity that I couldn't keep doing this on my own. Like, there was not a lot of... We didn't really seek support outside of ourselves. There were times that I confided maybe a little bit outside of our relationship, but because of the layer of emotional abuse, um, you know, anytime he would find out that I was confiding in other people about what was going on, uh, you know, there was hell to pay. So um, I quickly learned that it wasn't safe for me to share things with other people. And so there was a lot of bottling things up inside myself and um, feeling like I was just very alone mm. and uh, nowhere to turn, nowhere to, to ask for help and that all of our problems needed to stay between us, which, you know, dealing with a, an emotionally abusive alcoholic narcissist <laughs> wasn't mm. really a great source of support for me. Um, but, you know, that, that week in the ICU was kind of the final straw for me to realize that you know, enough of that because that clearly was not working for me and I needed mm -hmm. to find something that would work. So that's when I began um, therapy and going to Al-Anon meetings and things finally started to, get, um, started to get better for me. I'm so glad that you got out of that. I mean, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term love bombing. Like, in oh, the, yeah. yeah, in the very beginning, you know, it's just so sweet you know sweep you off your feet oh my gosh you know this this person is just so irresistible they treat you like you're a queen a king whatever and then you know you fall into that trap and then they apologize and they make you feel because you're in love with them so they make you feel like okay I, i'm okay you're sorry okay i can forgive you right so then you forgive them and then you know they're giving you flowers or they're doing these little special things for you to say okay i forgive you let's do this again and then that's when the cycle will start again you know what i'm saying and yep. so you've got this love but you're so in love with this person and it's just you know it's it's so magnet magnetizing because that's how mine was you know but mine was physical and you know mentally but you know for you already dealing with what you dealt with you know growing up and your sexuality and all this stuff and then you know to find that human that you thought okay this is it for me i'm so in love with this person and for him to just have his alcoholism tear you apart you know because apparently he was not just was he doing this when he wasn't drinking oh yeah absolutely uh, yeah. so yeah. basically he was just yeah. a narcissistic but correct right yeah, so it didn't matter if he was no. drinking or the emotional abuse no. was, was there so. so he just had it he had issues all the way around and and you were his punching bag pretty much you know yeah mentally yeah <clears throat> and going back to the love bombing stage like mm -hmm. you know so when i was 17 and growing up in a small town one of mm -hmm. the points i wanted to make earlier was you know, and I kind of, I, I smile at this now and kind of pat that 17-year-old version of myself, his, pat his little head, because, you know, he, he thought that he was going to be alone forever. The internet wasn't really a big thing at that point, and so, and like social media wasn't big, and so um, I just, I didn't know any other gay person, and so I just really thought I was never going to find anybody, and so when I found him, you know, that, that 
such a strong need to fill that hole, that gap in my life. You know, I was just so grateful to have him. And then on top of that, he was older than me and had 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 experience with other guys. And so he was this more experienced individual. And I just kind of trusted him to know what it meant to be in an adult relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, the first couple of years in our relationship, like I, I just kind of followed his lead, did what he told me to do. Um, I was constantly apologizing to him versus the other way around because, you know, I I remember writing notes to him and cards to him that like apologizing for being such a pain in the ass Mm -hmm. um, because of the things I would do and say that were annoying him or frustrating him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then finally, a few years into the relationship, the power dynamic kind of shifted um and uh i started to realize you know so when we first started together that i felt like i couldn't live without him and then i started to finally realize it was actually the opposite was true was that he couldn't live without me um and when i started to really stand up for myself and disagree with him that's when the fights really started to happen and um you know, some more explosive than others. Um, but expressing myself and communicating my feelings really started to backfire. There was no, you know, healthiness or trust in the relationship because anytime I wanted to address a problem, like it, it always got turned back on me. There was no responsibility on his part. You know, it was anytime I brought up a concern, with us or with him um you know the the blame always got pointed towards me and so it got to the point where I didn't feel safe communicating my feelings at all and I just kept things inside but that also wasn't healthy um because the more you bottle things up the more that pressure builds and then Mm -hmm. I would have moments where I would be the one to explode um or break down crying or or what have you um because of that built-up pressure and uh, it was, uh, you know, ironically, kind of comically, the ongoing thing in our relationship, you know, he would accuse me of being a terrible communicator. And so I would work on fixing that and expressing things in the moment as they came up. But then once those started backfiring again, I would resort back to my old ways of, of keeping things inside. So that was another cycle that I experienced yeah. in the relationship. You know, I have found that abusive people, when you try to communicate or you're trying to tell them your feelings, they often have this thing that, oh, you're arguing. You're you're arguing with me. You know what I mean? Like you're not. You're, Every, yeah. Everything was a fight, right? Mm-hmm. So it was it was not safe for me to disagree, even right. about the littlest things like where to eat or what to have for dinner that night. Like, yeah, I trained myself that it was only safe to go along with what he wanted because that would prevent or more likely prevent a fight from happening Mm. Uh, you know so when I ended that relationship and began a new one several months later which was a a beautiful healthy relationship but in that experience like I was so triggered by any any level of disagreement because I thought that that would lead to a fight because that's what I experienced in the past right yeah I quickly that you know two healthy adults can disagree on something and that's okay um it is not normal for every disagreement to result in a huge blow up 
no. definitely yes um well you know once you're traumatized in the sense that you were traumatized in um you're gonna you know what i'm saying it's natural to be able yeah. to have those type of triggers with someone else even if it's a beautiful thing you still got you know you were you're still afraid you know because you don't really know how to act like right. you know you get with someone that's normal and it's like oh okay well this is how we're supposed to really act you know i'm so afraid you know you're just you're walking on pins and needles that whole entire time in 15 years and then all of a sudden you got a breakthrough with someone and it's a beautiful thing and it's like you know you just really didn't know how to act you know yeah our so, minds develop these mm-hmm. mechanisms and um you know they are there are ways for us to cope at the moment but when we move on from that toxic unhealthy situation we don't need those things anymore um and so it it takes a retraining of ourselves um to really you know step into that new way of being definitely yeah yeah you have to retrain your brain and um you know and a lot of self-healing um a lot of self-care and self-love um goes into play you know trying to get yourself back into working older because you know a lot of abusive relationships they desensitize you from who you were you know i mean like you really lose sight of who you was before that relationship you know uh it's almost like you lose parts of who you were as you know you were before you got there and so now towards the end there i was i was just really numb and kind of of a human being Mm -hmm. i was not um it's almost like (laughs) chaos was the normal Mm -hmm. and so um i didn't have big swings of emotion one way or another because things had just gotten so crazy that i was used to it Mm -hmm. and um i just had to keep kind of rolling with the punches until i finally decided that no this is not okay anymore Mm -hmm. Well, I'm grateful to God that you got out of that and that, um, you know, you're doing big things now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I am. I am. <laughs> and I'm excited about it. You know, I, yeah. I, I let phrase make your mess your message. And um, I have found a lot of passion and purpose in helping other people. Um, so I wrote a book and I'm a coach now um, to help people along their journeys. Um because, you know, once I first started going to therapy, what I didn't realize, and I'll never forget in our first session, and when I started doing the work, like to heal and things, uh, it was my first kind of introduction to the fact that I, there was work that I needed to do on myself. You know, up until that point, it was so easy to place all the blame on him for everything that happened between us and for how unhappy I was. Um, but the truth is, you know, I, I attracted a lot of that into my reality. And because of how I treated myself on the inside, I, I believed that that was okay. You know, I believe I, on a, on a subconscious level, it's like, well, this is, this is what I deserve. Um, and it was really hard to admit that. And then in addition to that, you know, I first started to learn codependency was another concept that I didn't fully understand. And in my first uh, session with my therapist, she said to me, you know, just just like your husband is addicted to alcohol, you're addicted to him. Mm. And I didn't know what that meant at first, but I quickly started to realize, like, 
oh my god you know all of my focus has been on him there's been no like self-care <laughs> i that was such a lost concept you know it was it was good um it was a good day for me if i could get you know a decent night's sleep um but like to take care of myself just seemed selfish mm-hmm. uh, but i you know learned that there's a big difference between selfish and self-loving yeah big di- and um and when i really started to take care of myself um through getting better sleep and eating better and exercising and going to therapy all those things um and love myself more my tolerance for abuse you know quickly quickly um shifted and i soon realized that you know what i was dealing with from him was not acceptable um because what we do is you know we we tolerate a level of abuse from other people that's directly proportional to the amount of abuse that we put on ourselves yes uh, and when we start to love ourselves more and be kinder to ourselves we see and um and change how we allow others to treat us we teach other people how to treat us by how we treat ourselves definitely yeah definitely um and so we've got probably about nine minutes left on this podcast and i'd like for you to like if there's a young man or a young lady out here and they're going through something similar to what you have went through um what is something that you would say to that to that individual um you know maybe give them some sort of advice or you know information that they could carry with them yeah um i think knowing you're not alone is maybe the first step i felt very alone and like i wasn't um i didn't realize other people were experiencing what i was so that's one thing and then you know i really would encourage someone in that situation to get help from someone else whether it's uh, therapy or coaching that sort of thing books can be helpful um and podcasts can be helpful but those are going to be geared to a more general audience mm-hmm. and getting one-on-one support um, or maybe in a group setting that can be really helpful for you to zone in on your specific situation um, and get the help that you need because it's one thing to you know to read a book and you know I'm saying this as, an, as a published author myself mm-hmm. um, to read a book and to gain some awareness about your situation but where the shift really happens and where you really start to to make changes and and make things better for yourself um is when you take action right Mm -hmm. um i knew i wasn't happy for a very long time but i didn't do anything about it i resorted back into the same cycle because it was what i knew and and as uncomfortable as it was it was my comfort zone right because it was Mm -hmm. what i knew it's the devil you know the, the devil i knew um it was scary to me the idea of of going out on my own and and leaving that place of of what i knew um but ultimately you know in my gut i knew that that's what i needed to do um to be happy Mm -hmm. so getting that outside support can really help you um help guide you in the right direction agreed agreed you know and it's like you said you know we didn't have internet 
you know, or I didn't have internet back when I was abused. I mean, um, times have changed so much now compared to what they were in, you know, the year I was abused. Um, It was 96, 96. Um, So, you know, if I would have had support, there was no support there either. Um, I'm from a small town in Alabama, um, you know, and so you know things are better understood now we have we still have a lot of victim blaming and shaming that goes on and and people don't understand and they do ask well why did you stay you know and you know why did you do this and instead of asking us these questions i feel is almost if they need to ask these abusers why do you abuse you know okay well, well then why didn't you why don't you leave instead of her you know or him why don't you be the one to walk away? So, you know, to me, that's that's questions that should be asked more like, you know, um, from from people, you know, um, in general. But um, I, want, I want you to tell people how to reach you, um, talk about your book a little bit before we leave, um, if you do that, and talk about what you do as a coach. Yeah, so cool. um, I'm a relationship and self-mastery coach, so it's really about developing and cultivating a healthy happy relationship with yourself um so when i work with clients it doesn't really matter if they're in a relationship any romantic relationship or not um i want to work with you uh in terms of how you how you relate to yourself um and start to master your energy and um really create more joy for yourself regardless of of where you're at today um so that's what i do I found a lot of joy and, and purpose in helping other people um, and kind of point things out to them. that Because when we live in our own heads, our own lives 24-7, we have this tunnel vision um, and may not see things that somebody from an outsider perspective can, can point out to us. And so that's what I really love to do as a coach is have that kind of bird's eye view on my clients and what I see for them where they're at today, where they were at before, what I see for them in the future and how to help them um, create that path for themselves that that serves their highest interest. Um, I also published a book, to your point, um, Healthy Me, Happy We, Transforming Relationships with Yourself and Others. It's available on Amazon um, in all formats and um, really was a a great process for me. it's therapeutic to write it and to release you know my story to the world so it's it's kind of a mix of um you know narrative around my experience with abuse addiction codependency um and kind of the healing journey that i experienced at the beginning of it anyway and then um mixing that with uh educationally conceptually speaking kind of teaching my readers different concepts and uh what people generally experience in these types of situations and what how they can really start to cultivate a healthy relationship with themselves and then i also have a chapter on um what it looks like to have a healthy relationship with other people awesome awesome i love that ted you're you're such a positive person and i'm so proud that you came on the podcast and um you shared your story that was really amazing yeah thank you yeah. yeah, so for anybody who wants to connect with me, I have um, social media pages and, um, uh, you know, things like that. So I'm at tedsmith.life, and uh, you can reach me there, um, get a copy of my book there, and um, I'd love to connect with you. 
Great, great. Yeah, y'all look Ted up. He is a wonderful coach, a wonderful human being. I admire him so much. Um, I admire his story, his passion, and his heart. And um, anyways, guys, we are at the closing mark. If you want to uh, boost his uh, podcast, support it, um, you know, there's a cash out that is in the bio to the podcast. It is Survivor 43, and um, you can do that at the end of the podcast. But anyways, thank you guys for coming back and listening. And if you're new, thank you for coming in and listening. We appreciate you. Um, Take care of yourself. Thank you, guys. Love you. Have a great day and a beautiful tomorrow. Talk to you on the next podcast. Bye, everyone. Mm -hmm.